the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one true God. So today we celebrate the falling asleep, the death of the Virgin Mary, which, as we say traditionally, when we talk about death, it is falling asleep because we believe that we will rise despite the, the scandal of how the body falls apart and what we see of the human being and how we, the person that we know dying and seeming in so many ways to just disappear from the world we call it falling asleep because we believe that we will be raised. So when we celebrate her falling asleep, we celebrate her falling asleep with all of the importance that she has for our understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. So our Lord Jesus Christ is God, God of God, true God of true God, light of light. So he is all that the Father is. And he shares that with us. But how does he begin to share it with us in this way where not just he shares it with us, but he shares our humanity and takes on our life. Well, he begins by being conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary in a, some miracle that we can't understand. So, she is the place of the beginning of our salvation through the coming in the flesh, the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is possible because she is united to God. God doesn't choose just, you know, he doesn't say, okay, let's have Jesus born from a stone. She has to be part of the whole of humanity's preparation for God's coming. She is righteous. She is set apart from all the impurity and the, the folly of this world. Somehow. She is a fit place for God to make himself known. Of course, no human, no human being can be truly a fit place for God, even if we were entirely without sin. But God wills it that way. God created us so that he might be in us. He created us so that God might be united to us. In our Lord Jesus Christ, but not just in our Lord Jesus Christ, because our Lord Jesus Christ comes to unite God to us so that we might 
be united to God. He, as God, unites himself to us so that we as humans might be united to God. And what does that mean? That doesn't mean that we are united to God in some sort of abstract sense. That means that what God is is permeating our being. Permeates our being. We become divine because God has become human. And he becomes human so that he might give us his divine life. He made us for this. That's why he makes the human being in his image or according to his image, which is going to be fulfilled in our Lord Jesus Christ when our Lord Jesus Christ shows us God in the flesh. And so the Virgin Mary is the place where this begins. The place where the actual becoming flesh begins. Now in the other reading for today, it's not for the feast day, we see that our Lord Jesus Christ feeds that great multitude out of a small number of loaves and fishes. Five loaves and two fish. The same way that he feeds us out of his own body. The same way that he feeds us not just out of his own body, but the body that he took from the Virgin Mary, that he came to have by being born of the Virgin Mary. So he doesn't just grow up into a, a, you know, an adult human being, but he grows into the human being that fills the whole world and feeds the whole world. So from, he feeds the whole world. So that means that from the Virgin Mary, the whole world is fed. She becomes the house of the one who is going to feed us all. It's not for no, for no reason that our Lord Jesus Christ is born in the place called Bethlehem, which means literally the house of bread. So he's not just born in Bethlehem, he's born from the one who houses him as the bread of the world, which is the Virgin Mary. The Theotokos, the birth giver of God. The other reading for today tells us not to be concerned about many things, but to choose the one thing that is needful which is to sit and listen to our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it it skips that later passage, about a a chapter later. It's it's from St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. And it skips to chapter 11, where someone yells out of the crowd, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts which nursed you. And he doesn't deny this. But he says, even more so, are those who hear the word of God and keep it because the one 
who gave birth to our Lord Jesus Christ and who fed our Lord Jesus Christ from her own body. That one also heard the word of God and kept it. Heard the word of God and kept him. Because the word of God is our Lord Jesus Christ. And she heard the word of God when the archangel Gabriel announced to her the word of God. She heard the word of God when the archangel announced that it was the will of God to be born from her. And she kept him. How did she keep the word of... how How could she even understand what was going on? She couldn't. She knew the prophecies. So there was some perception there. She knew that God truly does want to be with his people, so she had some perception there. But to fully comprehend is impossible for any of us to fully comprehend. And then to be the one that gives your own body for God to come forth from it. Even though it's a very tangible thing, no one can comprehend this. That the infinite God, the God who you cannot approach, you know, is terrifying to approach, would become a human being from the Virgin Mary. Take flesh from her. It's a great mystery. And it is, in a certain sense, because it is the mystery that God would come and share our humanity. God would come and share our fragility. God would come and share our human weakness. It was a great mystery for her, hearing those words of the Archangel Gabriel, even, you know, wisely questioning him. It was a great mystery. And it's perhaps even greater mystery than the idea of the resurrection because, you know, as Martha and Mary both affirm the resurrection when they're talking about Lazarus, but the actual resurrection, the actual in-the-flesh resurrection of Lazarus, they had a hard time dealing with. The actual in-the-flesh presence of the one who was the resurrection, that is, our Lord Jesus Christ, was hard for them to understand when Lazarus was raised from the dead. And so, for her to accept that is even greater than for us to accept the idea that death would be asleep. Because she had to accept that, that God himself was going to be coming into her and from her as a human being. You know, once we accept that God 
truly wants to be in us and to make and remake something from us. It is a very small step then to believe that God would give us life even beyond the bonds of death. Because actually, brothers and sisters, what it is is that we live signed by this kind of sense that this is it. That this body is it. I have to do what I have to do while I have this body and this is it. And that is fundamentally a rejection of the idea that God would be in us because God does not die. God is life. So that he would die with us. Implies, first of all, we have to understand that he will be one of us. He will share our life. So it is a great mystery that she accepts for God to become human in her. And then the corresponding thing is that God, not just that he would become a human, but that he will share our death and give us life. So when we come to the death of the Virgin Mary, what we are celebrating here, and we are celebrating her death, we are not, you know, mourning her death in a way that does not recognize you know, we, we, we sing hymns that mourn her, but what we we're doing in those hymns is we're recognizing that she has given birth to the resurrection. She has given birth to Christ, who is the resurrection. She has given birth to God, who becomes a human being, so as to die with us and to raise us up again. And so that's why when we come to this day in which we celebrate her falling asleep, We celebrate the resurrection. And it's the same thing, brothers and sisters, when someone really loves God and believes with all their heart and soul and mind that God is with us, that God is taking up our humanity and changing it, making us more divine. When someone believes that and you come to the funeral, you don't think that that's, you know, that's it. That body's going to decompose. What do you think? You think this person is brought into life. This person has borne God. This person has carried God in their lives and they are with God and they're a death. Yes, it is a death in the flesh. But it is just a sleep. Because their hope is alive. Because Christ is with them. Christ is in them. Christ has been united to that very flesh. And this is the one thing that is needful. 
all the other things that we busy ourselves with are because we are distracted and we are afraid to really take stock of what is bad, death and sickness and all the ways that we kill ourselves with our passions and our distractions and our confusion. Instead of just taking stock of what we believe and hoping and loving and seeing Christ in us giving us life, showing us His radiance and His beauty and His light that will translate us from here to the kingdom of heaven. And so as we celebrate her death, her falling, in the sleep, falling asleep in the flesh, We celebrate the resurrection that came out of her, Christ the resurrection that came out of her, and Christ the resurrection that we hope in, and Christ the life that overcomes death, that she herself saw overcoming death in himself and for her. So when we ask her to pray for us, we are asking the one who has given birth to life to pray for us. The one who has heard the word of God, the word of life, and kept it. The one who has fed, the one who is the food of the whole world. She fed Christ and he feeds us. And he fed her with the bread of life. So let us be fed in heart and mind by this one who gives us life. And let us ask her to pray for us, with us, in us, to her son, that we also be translated to life from this place of confusion and sorrow and death. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one true God.